Yo, welcome to another episode of Capturing the Game, just the game within the game podcast featuring me, your host, Desmond Jones, and my man, Juwan Polo Man Stewart. Unfortunately, Juwan's not able to make it today, but he may pop in, pop up midway through the episode, but that's all right. We still gonna rock out and have another fantastic episode for you for today. Um, speaking of which, I want to remind the audience and listeners that Capturing the Game is presented by Capture Sports Agency, where the CEO and founder is Sean Sesswith Jones. Now that we got the introductions out the way, let's go ahead and talk about today's guest. Today's guest is the marketing analysis and he has responsibility over equipment innovation or a Gatorade. His name is Blake Hartsook. Blake, how are you doing today? Doing great, Desmond. Thanks so much for having me on the pod. Um, you know, I've listened to a couple episodes and really like what you guys are putting together and just really happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. It's always great to hear about people that listen to the podcast because, uh, like, as you know, as a, as, a, as a person that manages and does their own podcast, you know, it's definitely a lot of hard work, you know, it, it, and it's just the fact of consistency, you know, keeping up with things and just doing it on a regular basis. So it's, it's definitely yeah. a lot of work. No, yeah. And you, you miss one episode and like your followers are just wondering what's going on. So I definitely appreciate the grind and, you guys have had some great guests on, so I'm humbled to uh, have been asked to come on. I mean, hopefully I can live up to some of those other guests that you have and can share a little bit of insight of uh, what I've done to kind of get to Gatorade and um, what I do uh, at Gatorade. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I think you'd be all right, man. You know, there's no, <laughs> you know, you, you'd be good. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Blake, can you go ahead and tell the audience, you know, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Blake Hartsook. Um, I'm currently living in Portland, Oregon, but, uh, as you can see in my background, if you're watching the video version, I'm in an empty apartment right now. I'm moving to Chicago where Gatorade headquarters is located. Um, as Desmond mentioned, I'm currently a marketing analyst working on equipment innovation at Gatorade. And I've actually been in the role for just a couple months now and, you know, can shed a little bit of light on that, but. Um, I guess I'll kind of backtrack a little bit to kind of how I got to there. So I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, um, you know, kind of small town life and, um, you know, knew that I wanted to kind of explore out of high school and always kind of had a knack for, for sales. I uh, lived on a farm. And, um, I, I bred golden doodles and labradoodles um, as, a, as a kid in high school. And I did that to make money so I could, you know, kind of branch out and go, you know, to where I ended up at University of Oregon. Um, and I realized I had a love for business because, you know, I was a 16 year old kid and, you know, you're kind of doing your own little mom and pop shop, you know, I, I didn't have like a big puppy mill or anything, but I had like one dog and we had, you know, three or four litters and um, just going through, you know, the process of a sale um, really excited me. So I knew I wanted to go to a business school and University of Oregon had a great business school. And um, my brother actually went to University of Oregon, my older brother. And so I, when I went out to visit him when I was like 17 or 18 or something, um, I just fell in love with, you know, the trees and the atmosphere and just, it was so different than uh, where I grew up in Iowa. So uh, ended up graduating with a business degree at University of Oregon. Um, was always grinding while I was in school. I had like two, three jobs. I was working at LIDS. I was, you know, a teacher's aide and 
did uh, some marketing for sport clips locally there. And so I was always, you know, kind of grinding, um, knowing I, you know, had to continue to work if I wanted to kind of take that next step. After college, ended up getting a job at PepsiCo right out of college. Um, and that's kind of how I got connected with Gatorade, right? So I was actually not doing marketing at all. I think that's a big misconception that a lot of people have is when you're in, you, you want to get a marketing job out of college. And a lot of them, like, they just don't exist. Like, it's really hard to get the kind of marketing job that you want right out of college. You usually have to do something else and then kind of work your way up. And that's exactly what I had to do. So I was managing frontline employees at PepsiCo, uh, people that stock the shelves at your grocery store, putting the Pepsi products up there and had a team of 30 people and was getting up at four in the morning and just really grinding. I was 22 years old and was managing like a big team of people. A lot of them were older than I was. So that was a wake up call into professionalism and like, you know, really getting my grind on. And uh, I was lucky enough when I was about fed up with that job and I was looking for other things. Uh, Gatorade opportunity presented itself um, to uh, basically run all the field sales and marketing uh, activations in the state of Oregon. And so, you know, I tried to make sure I had the best interview I possibly could. I'm a huge sports lover, you know, just to even take a step back further. I, you know, played a lot of baseball uh, in high school, played football in high school, ran track, um, just ultra competitive and just actually stopped playing baseball um, before the pandemic um, was playing in a wooden bat league, a, a men's league with a lot of ex college guys and a couple older pros that wanted to, you know, keep playing. And um, yeah, I ended up getting a job because I was involved in sports. Um, and luckily, you know, Gatorade is a brand that's, you know, one of the most iconic sports brands and something that um, I loved as a kid. And so when I got the opportunity to do this, I put my heart and soul into it and um, grew the Portland market and the Oregon market from scratch, um, you know, selling to high school programs, college programs, as well as, you know, doing a lot of public speaking, um, you know, educating athletes on the importance of sports nutrition. Um, you know, we're a lot more than just a sports drink now like we offer protein options fuel options things like that and uh, i don't know if you about you desmond but like there wasn't a whole lot of education when we we're growing up about what to eat and you know when you're an athlete you, you got to fuel differently right exactly and so i took a lot of pride in like being able to educate these athletes and doing things what we call g experiences where we basically go to the school we talk to the kids we give them a bunch of free stuff um, it's kind of a way that Gatorade likes to give back, especially to like lower income uh, high schools. And so um, had a huge passion for that, which kind of drove my work ethic for it. Did that for about six years and um, got my master's in marketing at Washington State University and, you know, continued to network and, uh, you know, ask for the more opportunities as I did pretty well in my uh, previous role. And this equipment innovation opportunity kind of opened up for me and they offered it to me and wow, I, you know, it, I'm just so blessed to uh, have the opportunity to come up and, you know, work with designers and the supply chain to really make these new Gatorade equipment items come to life. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now is <laughs> I'm, I'm 
learning every single day, you know, coming from where I'm working with coaches and athletic trainers, um, you know, in person to now I'm working with supply chain and working with, you know, people in China to make sure we could ship stuff. It's a completely different, um, you know, type of work, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to grow as a person and, uh, trying to grow as a professional. And this is a great opportunity for me to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, definitely, uh, first I want to say kudos on getting your master's. Uh, I'm pursuing my master's right now in business administration with a concentration in data analytics. So I already graduated with one of my master's in engineering management. So, um, one, I definitely respect the hard work because it's definitely hard work to get the masters. It is because, you know, you get out of your, you get your bachelor's and you kind of get into this rhythm of like, Hey, all I have to worry about is my job. And then you got the stress of a job and then you got to do assignments and take tests and yeah. man, you're not going out on the weekend sometimes. Sorry. I got to nope. you know study for a test or whatever, but data analytics, that's honestly like one thing looking back, like, I honestly wish I would have done a little bit more into that. I, I did a marketing um, emphasis and a lot of it was kind of uh, stuff that I already had learned in business school. It was definitely like a good refresher and they dove a little deeper for sure. Yeah. But man, that data, data analytics is, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking for that type of uh, expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing I'm excited about the, about, me learning that particular portion of my master's degree just because of the fact that I get the analytics portion of it. You know, and it's one of those fields that's booming and, and, and it's coming bigger and bigger and more people are in need of it, especially especially in sports. Like every teams have their own sports. I mean, they oh, yeah. have their own analytics the, you know, department and a lot of different companies are also looking for, you know, people that can do analytics. So it's, it's a big market for us all. I'm hoping that I can capitalize it later down in the future. Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But so, so what position did you play in baseball? Um, so I played growing up. I literally played every position at one point. Um, okay. But when I, you know, the one I ended up kind of being best at was being a pitcher. Um, and unfortunately, you know, uh, let's see, I had been playing for over 20 years. Uh, I stopped playing when I was 28. And my shoulder, my elbow, the way I pitch, I threw a lot of like submarine sidearm stuff. And uh, I felt, I felt things starting to kind of fall apart a little bit. I'm like, man, this is not worth it. Like I love the game and I'll probably play like slow pitch or something when I get to Chicago and, you know, just like get back out there. But um, yeah, once you put that many uh, miles on your arm and you don't have an athletic trainer to ice you up or to take care of it, you got to do it yourself. Right. Um, it doesn't, uh, doesn't last as long as you like, or at least it didn't for me. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I played baseball for a couple of years in college, uh, before oh, I focused nice. in, uh, on my engineering degree. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely in high school played almost every position, you know, I played pitching a little bit. I was okay. So for the most part, yeah. um, yeah. What's your, so with your career and everything that you, you've gone through and went through, you know, what's some of the advice that you want to give back to students that are you're trying to make their way into the industry right now? Yeah. Um, a couple of things, I would say. When you're in college, like, if, or if maybe you're 
you're going to graduate in a year or two, or maybe you just graduated, like do something that try to find something that you're passionate about one. And if you can't find that, then at least work really, really hard in what you're doing so that you can do something you're passionate about later. And that's, that kind of goes back to like my career journey, right? Like I was managing frontline employees that were like unionized and it was a nightmare. I mean, they could, you know, skip work and not get fired. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so like a lot of just a high pressure, you know, no, it's a, it's a grunt job. Like it's the lowest rung of management at Pepsi. Um, And it definitely tested my, you know, my mental a little bit, but I'm glad I did that because if I didn't have that opportunity, if I didn't do that opportunity, there's no way I would get a chance to work for Gatorade, um, you know, and, and no way I'd be able to be where I am today. And so when you're in college or when you're right out, like get as much experience as you can, internships, whatever, because everybody says this, it's not what you know, it's who you know, it's so true. It's so, so true. Like I was, you know, when you get a chance to interview for something, prepare, make sure, because you might not get another chance at that kind of opportunity again. So just prepare as much as you can when you do get those opportunities. And, you know, if you keep grinding and you don't give up, you will get what you want. Like, I think that's something where it's like, you know, with podcasting, even it's like, I wanted to start a fantasy football podcast. So I did. And it was hard at first because I didn't, I had to learn how to do editing and learn how to like, you know, make it sound good. And, but if you really want something, you just continue to work at it, work at it. And that would be my advice um, to any like young people that are trying to get into sports marketing or marketing in general. Um, Just continue to grind and try to find a field that you're passionate about. Because if you find that, if, if you're working for a brand, like I'm a big sports guy, I love Gatorade. I work uh, that much harder because I care about the brand and I respect the legacy of the brand. If I was working for a different company, I might not be putting a hundred percent effort in because maybe I don't care as much about it. So just try to find something or try to put yourself on a path so that your end game could be something that you're genuinely passionate about. Yeah. That's super key. Cause so many people would like just chase, I'll say they just chase after the bag. It's not necessarily stuff that they're passionate about, but you know they see people doing it. It's like, oh, I want to do it. No, it's not something that they genuinely enjoy, you know. And it does take for whatever career that you're pursuing. It does take a lot of work. So hopefully, you know that passion can carry you through a lot of that hard work and a lot of late nights, early mornings, whatever, whatever is going on, you know. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so tell so so as. I know you do a podcast. You want to tell the audience a little bit about your podcast that you're doing? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it's honestly just kind of a side project that I'm doing. Uh, I'm a huge sports nut, obviously, and uh, fantasy football is uh, one of the things I like to nerd out on the most. So, you know, I've got a lot of uh, hours of, of research up in, in my brain up here. So I figured I would uh, try to turn that into something uh, and, and share. And I've always been kind of the guy where people are texting me, Hey, should I start this person or this person or whatever? And so, uh, I, I, you know, commission a couple leagues and have been doing it for a really long time. So basically the podcast that I, that I host is called top dog fantasy football podcast. So just 
T-O-P, D-O-G, Top Dog. Um, it's got a cute little picture of my dog uh, on there with football in the background, if you ever take a look at it. But my main goal is to educate new fantasy football players. Um, if you go through my archives and my episodes, the first three episodes are all about like fantasy football for dummies, basically. So if you've never played the game, you can listen to those episodes and kind of learn the terminology. Like I think there's just a kind of a big barrier to entry for people that don't follow football very much. And I mean, Desmond, we were talking before we recorded, you play fantasy football as well. Like, you know, you just got to start a lineup and look at the projections and, you know, it's, it's, it's fun way to, you know, interact with your other coworkers or your friends. Yeah. And if you're on the outside looking in, man, it's a fun, fun game. And we're at the end of fantasy football season, trying to make the playoffs. Desmond, are you going to make the playoffs or not? Man, look, my team has been struggling all year. I had a lot of tough losses early in the season. Like I'm talking about, like I lost by five points or ten points. I just, like, oh, yeah. just didn't start, didn't didn't start the right people. I won a streak where I won like five games in a row right now. I'm trying to like you know make the playoffs with myself trying in the same position. Yeah, but Lamar got hurt today, so I think that put <laughs> a wrap on my on my fantasy hopes. I mean, my playoff hopes. So I wish. <sighs> I was gonna be making a playoff. My brother, my brother, we we both in the same league. So my, my older brother, he has 13 years on me. So I'm I'm 30. I just turned 30 a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh nice. The, at, the, at the at the time it was recording, I just turned 30 a couple of weeks ago. Gotcha. But gotcha. my brother, my bro, my brother, he won last year and looks like his team is about like nine and two right now. So he may be winning again this year. I don't know. I feel like it's gonna fall apart on him, but it is this this year has been interesting for football, especially the injuries because um, the injuries alone, like running backs, wide receivers, like yeah. basically the top ten running backs, like have all missed significant time, if not are out for the season, uh-huh. and it's gonna be you know something we look at um, going into draft season next year. It's something I'm gonna be talking a lot about. It's like hey do we want to invest high draft capital? And I'm turning this into a fancy football podcast, but no, go ahead. I can't help myself. You know, it's like, do you, you want to address, uh, invest draft capital in these, you know, running backs that are the most often injured players like Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook's missed some time. Kamara's missed some time. Like Joe Mixon has been like the only guy. And I think he maybe missed a couple games too, but like with an extra game in the season, like, the injuries are just crazy. So even if you're not yeah. making the playoffs, like fantasy football is all just about the camaraderie and just kind of the fun. Like, you know, I'm super competitive. So just a smack talk and you're making trades and, you know, people are getting upset in, in the best possible way, you know? And yeah, that's the one thing about it is injuries will derail you and you can be the best fantasy football player ever and make all the right decisions. But if you're getting hit by the injury bug, I mean, you just got to, put your hands up in the air and be like, eh, maybe next year, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's how my season went. Like I had, I had Juju and Juju. Yeah. I, had, I had rugs, you know, Man. UI, you know, <laughs> gone. Like, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think I had, I had Sanders as my running back from Philadelphia. Wasn't doing nothing. Nothing. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think this went through, Man, the, went through the, so the, many. The, well, you changes. can even think at the beginning of the year, like, the Ravens yeah. lost Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, yeah. Raheem Mostert. I had a team with Raheem Mostert and Gus Edwards, and I thought I was going to be good. And then season didn't even start, and I lost, like, my second and third running back. And I'm like, all right, this is how it's going to go, you know. So can't predict injuries. And, 
you know, it's all fun and game. So I, I love fantasy football and yeah, give it a listen guys. Like if uh, you're looking for something, uh, if you haven't played fantasy football before and you're looking to try to, you know, take a step in that direction, I really do dumb it down. Um, those first three episodes and I use a lot of terminology and, and teach the terminology in those. So if you continue to listen to my podcast going forward, then I use that same terminology. So you kind of know what I'm talking about. My last episode of the year, obviously the football season's ending. My last episode um, will be out when this podcast airs. It'll be the playoff primer episode. So if you are playing fantasy football and you're maybe in the playoffs uh, or you're in like what my league does as a bottom three. So if you get last, then you're in a punishment or whatever. We're going to try to keep you out of that punishment or we're going to try to get you to win your championship by kind of showing you what players have the best playoff schedule and we'll do start sits and make sure you win that really important uh, first week of the playoffs. So again, that's top dog fantasy football podcast. And uh, if you give it a listen, I'd love it. Yeah, please, for all of our listeners and subscribers, please support. Um, but real quick, so it was your league a keeper league? Yeah, so I, I don't do keeper generally because I love the draft so much. I think mm-hmm. fantasy football draft is the most fun part of fantasy football. I always do a live draft. I get a big board and, like, do all the things. We're all in the same room with our materials, and someone makes a bad pick, and they're getting, you know, laughed at sometimes and stuff like that but with keeper it's definitely fun but then you don't get that full like every player's available redraft experience so the leagues that i do are usually redraft yeah my mine was a keeper uh but you allowed it three keepers and so say you draft someone in the 13th round and you went to keep that person they will cost you 11th round draft pick the following year. So yep, it, it yep. moved it up to two spots. So Gotcha. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, keepers yeah. are fun. Keepers are fun. I'll probably do a dynasty or a keeper league here coming up because a lot of people are in those and that kind of changes strategy and I want to be able to give advice for everybody. So Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So go, go switching gears a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so going back to, to, to Gatorade, you know, how sure. has it been working for Gatorade? And uh, such a, we talked about it, you talked about it a little bit, such an iconic, um, you know, a company to sports, you know, when we talk about just, uh, just everything that Gatorade does, you know, how has it been working for Gatorade? I mean, honestly, like it's a dream come true. Like I pinch myself like every day, you know, a kid from a farm in Iowa, you know, moves out to Oregon, gets this opportunity, like, um, so I, I'm trying not to take it for granted. Um, you know, we have a big responsibility, you know, in the sports nutrition space. Um, you know, we've earned a lot, um, you know, over the past, what, 40, 50 years of being kind of the top um, hydration brand in sports. And, you know, we don't want to sit on our laurels. Um, we're innovating and we're doing that from an equipment side to um, a product side as well. and. Um, that's really what's exciting for me. It's like, we're not just pushing 20 ounce Gatorades. Like, you know, we're coming out with new equipment, new things. Um, if you are watching the video portion, I can kind of show you, like we're doing a GX, which is our, you know, next step or our kind of next evolution in terms of Gatorade, where 
we have pods that we can put into our bottles here. You kind of see, you push a pod pack down. Um, so you're not, you know, you can fill up a water bottle and it's a little more eco-friendly. Um, you know, you can put like six of them in a gym bag and, you know, just pop them on instead of having to carry a bunch of, you know, heavier Gatorade. So um, just cool innovation stuff like that. We can cut, we're doing customization, like, you know, so you can put your name on it. You can do a lot of different things. And um, I just advise you take a look at Gatorade.com. Um, we've got some cool kits, you know, for the holidays. If uh, you ever wanted to, you know, give something to, uh, you know, somebody that's an athlete in your life, um, it's a really cool way to do it. Um, we've got, you know, one more thing just on the innovation front. We have uh, sweat patches that we're starting to roll out that, you know, reads your sweat profile. So you put a little sweat patch on the inside of your forearm, you work out for an hour, you scan it with your phone, and then it's going to tell you how much you're sweating, how much you should be drinking, and just a lot of other information. Um, and you can get all that stuff on Gatorade.com and just keep your eye out in the next like couple of years. I can't really shed too much light on what we're working on, but we've got a lot of really cool uh, innovation coming out from Gatorade and you know, tying it back to your question, um, that's why I really love working at Gatorade is we're not resting on our laurels. We're continuing to innovate and move forward. That's such a great idea. So, you know, the engineer in me is like, oh, that's pretty cool because so many people already don't drink as much as they probably should throughout the day. And the fact that you have a, a, a device or you have a mechanism to tell people you know, how much they should consume after they get done working out, why they're working out. I, it's so important because, you know, keeping your body hydrated, keeping it with the proper fluids is so critical, especially as far as being an athlete. Yeah, totally. And like, that kind of brings me back to, you know, what I did in my previous role, um, you know, with educating these kids. I, I remember when I was an athlete and like, you know, I'd drink a Mountain Dew and have a pizza like before football practice. And no one was telling me that was a bad idea, you know, and that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in high school that long ago. You right. know, I graduated high school in 2010. And so it's like, you know, it's we've come so far in the last 10 years in terms of mm -hmm. what we understand about sports nutrition. And um, we feel it's really important. Gatorade does to really educate the consumer so that they can play at their best because when you're trying to make it to college, it's, you know, it's a game of inches, right? Like as the saying goes and the people that take care of their bodies and are hydrated and are recovering the right way, um, you know, with protein and are fueling the right way with carbs. Um, those people generally, you know, have a better chance of succeeding if they're taking care of their bodies. And it's just not something that we really thought about 10 years ago as much. Oh no, it wasn't. I know for me it wasn't. Like I, I think I dedicated. I was getting prepared for my senior my senior year of high school for for baseball. I probably dedicated the whole summer to like getting into like kind of like one of the best shapes I possibly can. You know, working out throughout the week, somewhat eating healthy. You yeah. know, granted, you know, I'm, I'm young. I'm in high school. I, I wasn't yeah. really eating as healthy as I could, but you know, somewhat. Remember when school year starts is totally different it's hard to keep keep that same routine with being able to go to school and not really having the proper stuff in school to keep you know my body healthy or even energized or with the proper amount of fluids 
Yeah. And nobody really, you know, it wasn't the coaches. The coaches weren't teaching us that, you know? Yeah. And so you weren't learning it in health class really. And so we kind of found a space where it's like, Hey, we, we kind of have some responsibility to educate these athletes. Um, and so that's kind of what we've been doing on a national scale. And man, it's a pretty cool experience when you can go to, you know, an underprivileged school, um, or maybe kids are, you know, a little malnourished even, and maybe not getting the proper amount of protein that they're getting at home. And we're able to provide them, you know, 75% off of like retail value for like protein bars, protein shakes, um, that kind of stuff. And it really makes a difference. I've seen it firsthand. Um, you know, one of the schools I started with, um, you know, I had them for my entire six years, um, when I was doing this role in Oregon and the kids just, you know, rice and beans for most of them, you know, they weren't getting chicken or steak or, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, but we're able to get them protein at a really, really low cost. So they can get a protein shake for like a buck, um, and 50 cents even, you know, and so when they're able to have that protein consistently after every single workout and as part of the routine and the coaches are buying in, I mean, they start winning football games or, you know, kids are putting weight on 20, 30 pounds. And, you know, it just, when you see it happen, you see these kids from freshman to senior year progress and like get stronger. Like that's when you really realize like, wow, like we're really making a difference for some of these kids. Yeah, that's awesome and also incredible. You know, you know, speaking of the kids, what's something that you had like presented to them that had them like, whoa, like I never knew that. You know, what's one sure. of the, a couple of things that they Yeah, 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 yeah. So like one thing one thing that's really important, especially for high school athletes that I don't think there's enough education on is the recovery after a workout. And so what I would always kind of explain, you know. I want to dumb it down. Like a lot of people don't know whether you're an, a, a kid or a teenager or, you know, you're 30 or 40 or whatever. A lot of people don't understand like what protein actually does for your body. So one of the analogies that I would use, you know, is telling kids, you, you ever hear the phrase get ripped or get shredded? Well, you, when you, when you lift weights, if you're doing like a bench press, you're literally ripping your muscles apart, micro tears in your muscles. You're you know, getting ripped or shredded. And when you get protein, you know, right after a workout and the recommended amount is right around like 25, 30 grams, you know, for the average size person, if you have too much protein, it's not a big deal. You're just going to expel it anyway. So you can't really have like too much protein, but you get that protein in your system, uh, right after workout within 30 minutes. And that's going to get into your bloodstream and that protein is going to go into those micro tears in your muscles. So when you're done with the workout, you generally like, if you look in the mirror, you're like, wow, I'm like, I just did three rounds on the bench. Like I'm looking really strong right now, but it might fade away later. That's because your muscles are actually expanding. Like during that time, um, when you get that protein in your system, it kind of repairs those tears and it keeps them open. So they don't shut back. So that's how your muscles grow and that's how you get stronger. That's how you're able to, you know, win at the line of scrimmage in a football game or hit the ball over the fence. Like the muscles are, um, you know, the workers of your body and you got to grow them if you want to, you know, be stronger than the person across from you. Right. And so um, 
just kind of like getting that message across on the importance of like, hey, if you're going to be working hard in the gym, like every day after school, you're only doing yourself a disservice if you're not getting some protein in your system afterwards, because like you want to get the maximum out of your workout. Like, why wouldn't you do something like that? You know? And so just trying to like get that into their heads because man, like I said, like going back to 10 years ago, if I had protein, whether it was like peanut butter sandwich and chocolate milk or like a protein shake or protein bar, or whatever, after a workout, I did that every single day. I bet I would have put another 10, 15 pounds on, you know? Um, and that's a huge difference, you know, in any sport you play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I know I wish I would have done more. Even as an adult, I still wish I do more of my body than I currently do. And hopefully in sometime in 2022, I, after I get done with my master's program, I can refocus on doing that. But, you know, it's definitely uh, hard to try to make sure your body gets the, the proper things it needs, whether, whether you're an adult or a kid, you know, it doesn't really matter. Oh, uh, what? What so going back to Gatorade for for a quick second? What's something that people may not know about Gatorade that you think sure. that they probably should know? Yeah, yeah, and I I touched on it a little bit, but like we're much more than just a drink company, right? We're Gatorade is a sports fuel company. Um, we've recently acquired um, Muscle Milk, um, so we have their entire portfolio under our umbrella. Um, we do have Gatorade uh, Super Shakes as well, which is like a low carb, 30 gram protein shake. We've got protein bars, we've got energy chews, um, and that's kind of the tip of the iceberg. We've got a lot more stuff coming uh, down the pipe. Um, you know, Fast Twitch was a brand that we bought um, that's going to be coming out here soon. Um, potentially dipping our toe into supplements, um, and you know, we're really trying to be the one stop shop for athletes. Um, and as I've mentioned, like more to come on that front, just, you know, keep an eye out on Gatorade.com and we're going to continue to innovate, but that's the main thing is we are more than just the drinks. We're, we're doing a lot more other stuff, um, to have that complete sports fuel experience. Um, and as I mentioned, we're, we're doing tech. I mean, we have the sweat patch out, you can buy them right now. Um, that measures your sweat profile that's this is only phase one of kind of what we're doing with that so dipping our toe into the tech space a little bit has definitely been a challenge we're not really built for it but we're making it work and the sweat patch works really well um it's a really cool innovation so um lots of equipment that we're coming out with too i mentioned the gx squeeze bottle um so we're doing a lot of different things and you know that's kind of my favorite part about gatorade is and I, i've mentioned it a few times but we don't stand still. We know that we have a platform and we're going to do some cool stuff with it. So it's one of my favorite parts about working for Gatorade for sure. Like I said before, I'm super excited about this, this web patch because the fact that, um, like I'm a tech head, so I love like hearing the nuances behind the technology. I like part of me also like taking them apart and figuring out how, how, what makes it work, you know, what makes it tick. So that's just the, the engineer me. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, basically, like I won't get too much into the nitty gritty of it, but your sweat interacts with the sweat patch with the um, kind of the under part, the adhesive, and yeah. it measures how much you're sweating and how salty your sweat is. And that kind of mm -hmm. determines how much electrolytes you need to, you know, have when you're working out. 
um, you know, when you take those two things uh, into the equation, you can figure out if you want Gatorade Zero or G2 or regular Gatorade and how much you should be drinking, how much fluids you should be having in your system. And it's a really cool innovation. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun that we have something uh, so innovative. Um, it just won a bunch of awards too. I, I can't name them right now because we literally just found out. Um, but it won some, I think three or four like big tech awards. Um, for like breakthrough innovation, so um, really proud of it. I haven't I haven't done a lot of work on it, but I did yeah. when I was in my previous role. I did roll it out um, to some of the teams, like in a trial, like a beta mm -hmm. test, um, and they all seemed to be really excited about it. So it's a cool innovation. Awesome, cool early congrats. So that's for Thanks. sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so as far as uh, marketing. You know, yeah. how did you find your, your passion for marketing? Right. And I think it kind of brings it back to the thing I said at the beginning, like, okay. I, I, I don't think I necessarily have a passion necessarily for marketing. Right. Like, yeah. and I know that's like crazy to say, but I have a passion for this brand and I have a passion for sports and with a marketing background, I feel like that passion for the company you work for the passion for what you're doing day to day. That's like the really important part. And so like, I love business. I love marketing. You know, I could sell a lot of different things. You know, I, I'm well-versed in a lot of it, but where the passion comes is really with the product that you have. Cause if you're not passionate or you don't believe in what you're selling, that's going to show through in your work. It's, yeah. it's just inevitable. You know, you could do it for a year and you're like, you know, eventually you're going to start to slow down if you don't care about it at the end of the day. So, you know, I'm, I'm a marketer first, but my passion really lies with like the brand that I work for, not so much in like the marketing itself, you know? I got you. I got you. But I, I mean, that, make, that makes sense when you, when you talk about it uh, from that perspective. Um, what's something that you know now that you wish that you knew beforehand? Yeah. I mean, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I think it's really common, right? Like, especially in this like social media age where everybody's flexing, you know, on social media, it's like, oh, wow, this guy has this job or is doing this thing. Like you put a lot of stress on yourself that you want that right away. And I think something I wish I knew beforehand is like, Hey, just trust the process and work hard and the rest is going to fall into place. Like, don't worry about what you can't control. I spent a lot of time doing that. It's, it's really just a waste of effort, like at the end of the day. And, you know, that's a really common thing that people say, but, you know, stress is good. And there's a point of diminishing returns though. Like stress can help you put out a podcast before midnight or whatever. But like, if you keep stressing yourself out about stuff that you can't control, then it's going to make you be less productive, maybe make you depressed. Right. And so that's one thing I wish I had like told myself is like, Hey, you're not going to get exactly what you want right out the gate. Like life's not like that. It doesn't work that way. Just be happy where you are, and like learn from those experiences that you're in and continue to push for what you want. But don't like, just because you're not where you want to be at the end of the day, like, you know, you can't stress out about that. Like if you work hard, you'll eventually get what you want and things will work out the way that they're supposed to. 
Um, but putting too much stress on yourself, um, you know, it's, it's just bad for your health. That's why I got some gray hairs up here. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh man. I really want to wear my hat right now. So. <laughs> oh man. But I mean, you definitely have to, you know, hammer on the nail just cause, um, you know, stress and just measuring, you know, what you're stressing about and but the outcome of it. It's that those some gems right there. That's going to be a, it's gonna be a, a quoted, a tweeted, quoted uh, content from this podcast. That's for sure. Oh, great! All right, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> yeah, um, but yes, that concludes the first part of our our interview. So now it's time for the rapid fire round, which we call the game within the game. So my very first question for you is: Are you ready to play? Yes, let's do it. I'm ready. All right, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, <clears throat> first question is: Chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip cookies, or oatmeal raisin? Oh, chocolate chip all day long. I like those Subway cookies. That's my they, go-to. That is my go-to, too. Uh, They're so, so soft. They are. So my, my co-host, he's the he's the chocolate chip person on the podcast. I love oatmeal raisin cookies. I love Subway oatmeal raisin cookies. It's definitely one of my top-tier cookies on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I definitely you know, have a love-hate relationship for my oatmeal raisin cookies. Oh, so. don't get me wrong. I enjoy oatmeal raisins. Well, I usually will get, you know, one of like, one of each. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. if I had to pick, you're making me pick. I got to go with my chocolate chip. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, TV shows or movies? You know, it's TV shows for me right now. And it's mostly okay. because a lot of times when I have the TV on, it's either me watching football on Sundays. Obviously, I have to do that for my podcast. Um, right. Or it's just something that's on in the background while I'm doing something else. Um, there's a couple. It, it, and I think I'm biased because the pandemic kind of turned off the movie scene for a while. Like, yeah. there wasn't a lot of good movies coming out, but I saw Dune on HBO. That was incredible. And now I'm like, all right, I need to get back into movies again. Cause like I've only been TV shows. So yeah. I guess, I guess I would say TV shows is mostly what I watch. Um, just so I can have something on the background and have that quick bite size, you yeah. know, type of thing. It's hard to kind of settle into two hour movies anymore. Would you, would you think, would you think of Dune? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It's like, okay. I, I heard it was like written before Star Wars and like Star Wars took a lot, like the book was written before Star Wars. So Star Wars took a lot from Dune. Okay. And then they did this. And I think Dune was actually like an old movie too. And they like maybe redid it. That's kind of everything in Hollywood nowadays. I feel like is just remaking stuff, but I loved it. Have you seen it? I've seen it. So me and watch that down and watch it. I just, like, we saw it on HBO Max. I was like, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to see yeah. it. And so I was partially lost and confused majority of the movie. But now that you mentioned the whole Star Wars aspect of it, it does. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see what you're talking about now. Yeah, it's definitely like one of those where you can't have your phone out. Like you have to have the, su- I have the subtitles on. Yeah. Because there's like a lot of like, you know, hidden dialogue kind of where it like moves the kind of the plotter along. And that's why it's tough for me to like, I was dialed into that movie and that is a rarity. Like sometimes, you know how it is, like our phones got us all distracted and stuff, but like, yeah, I was dialed into it and uh, definitely could watch it again because there's probably some stuff I missed, but 
I just like the whole like e- the ecosystem of like yeah the, the the energy armor that they had like that was really mm-hmm. cool and like was. just the whole like being submersed into that world it kind of is uh like an, and it's going to be a trilogy they're going to make a bunch of them so oh yeah it's going to be kind of that new age star wars jam yeah and I, I that's why I felt as though um was going to turn out to be um, that's for sure. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my microphone because it's doing something crazy. I'm coming across okay, right? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, that's one, one thing I'm looking forward to. Um, like, I'm a big comic book person as well, so I know they have comic books as well. So, I'm going to read it, read those comic books on the side just for the context. So, when I go back and rewatch the movie, I'm like, oh, I see everything now. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I feel like it's a rewatch one. They took it off HBO Max, though. So, I don't know how to watch it anymore, but it was only on there for a bit. Okay. I, we'll, we'll figure it out together. Yeah, we'll, we'll, figure, we'll it figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a couple couple uh NFL questions for you. Um, oh, all right. All right, Randy Moss or TO? Uh probably Randy. Okay. Probably Randy and I I can't really give you a reason why. I got to say like that was uh my fantasy goes back to about 10 years. So, you know, that was like right at the tail end, so I couldn't yeah. If you ask me more current, like I could give you like a reason why like, I like this person better, but I think Randy did have a better career. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, but I, he, I guess he did. I know yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, I always go with Randy. He's the reason why people say, you know, that person got mossed. Get mossed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love always. that. That's such yeah. a legendary thing to like say that it, like it is it's, it's just as iconic as like the kobe shot like when you got five people on you turn around yeah, his jump kobe. shot and say kobe yeah <laughs> yep. just as legendary yeah for um, sure um tom brady or peyton manning oh you gotta go tom brady uh, i'm a huge dolphins fan so it's like i hate him because he just won the division every single year but yeah man he's just a mental like just savant like he it's a mental part of the game that is that he's a master of and i mean they just beat the bills like he just knows how to win dude's 44 he's gonna win the mvp this year he's on track he's a front runner like the that the fact that he's able to do that at that age is insane and he's probably gonna win the super bowl this year like they're the most complete team like you know you just yeah. have to be enamored. Don't know, it's once in a lifetime kind of kind of guy. And you look at Peyton Manning, and you know he fell off a cliff. What, how old is he? Like thirty nine. Like when yeah. his neck started to go bad on him, dude's forty four. You know, like come on, like and he's still like com- like the best, like playing at the highest level of quarterback. Like he's in that top tier, and. uh it's funny whenever you try to count it, just don't bet against him ever. Like, cause I you don't. just lose. You just yeah, lose. I don't. So I run, I run a, uh, like a, we, every week at my job, we do picks every week. So I run, I'm running like, we have like a school board standing. So I'm, who picked the most wins throughout the week and throughout the whole year and stuff. So right. I always like certain teams, like I just don't like bet against like bucks. I don't care if they're underdogs. I'm still picking them. Some people is like, nah, they're going to lose. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to bet against Tom. So I think they beat the bills like 37 to 10 today. And like, what? that was supposed to be. 
I know they went. Hold on, let's check because I know they was going to. Last time I checked, they was going. To oh overtime. no! Oh, it went into overtime. Oh my goodness! Yeah, thirty-three twenty-seven uh, uh, bucks. So they still got the W, but wow, they came back. I honestly, I was kind of like getting prepped for this, and you know, had a few things I was doing before, and saw the score was like thirty something to ten, thirty to ten, or something like that, and was like, well, this is over, but. They made yeah, a comeback. I, yeah, I wrote them off too. So I was like, okay. So all right, cool. Bucks won. All right, cool. Now I just need my Bears to lose by 40. So <laughs> it, they probably it could happen. <laughs> it, it, it probably look, um, all right. So we moved to Chicago. Fair warning. You know, they are some they very they care about the Bears, but they understand what they they you know, most Chicago fans, they understand a sports team. So if you talk bad about them, they understand why you're talking bad about them. Yeah. And it's, I mean, unfortunately, they just have bad management. Like, yeah. you know, and that's kind of what it comes down to uh, with the Bears. Um, and you got to realize it's a business. And some teams kind of look at it that way. And, you know, um, hopefully Justin Fields will be able to turn it around for them. You know, it's going to be miserable being in that city if uh, the Bears yeah. are just a laughing song, so. <laughs> yeah, I, that's one thing I hope that does come into, you know, that does work out. Um, I was just talking to my co-host before we hopped on, uh, was talking about Ohio State quarterbacks and how they just never worked out in the league. So I'm hoping Justin breaks that mold, so. I think he will. I think, you know, with the right tutelage uh, and the right kind of weapons, you know, they got a good running game. I think, you know, give him a, no one gives these rookies any time anymore. It used don't. to be like, you know, get two or three years. But now with Patrick Mahomes coming on the scene the way he did, Lamar Jackson coming yeah. on the scene the way he did, everybody's trying to duplicate that. And it's just, you know, Herbert, same way, you know, mm-hmm. um, my, one of my ducks. But, uh, you know, it's just not it's just not how it works most of the time, you know. Yeah. It takes, it takes time. Oh man, I forgot that Justin Herbert went there. He went to Oregon. So, ooh, did you? So you probably watched some of those games by any chance? Oh, like Oregon games with Herbert? Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, I went to college during all the Mariota years. So me and Mariota were uh, the same age. And so okay. I, you know, Chip Kelly was there at the beginning, and like yeah. the whole, you know, we never won a Natty, but we were in the hunt quite a bit. Yeah. We lost to Cam Newton and Auburn there. Uh, that was yeah. devastating. Uh, but um, you know, we had some good wins, won a few Rose Bowls. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was the best time to be an Oregon Duck was watching Marcus Mariota do his thing out there. Michael yeah. James and Royce Freeman and Kenyon Barner and DeAnthony Thomas and just tons of electric, you know, fast guys. Oh, yeah. That was the one thing I always loved about Oregon. So not only did they put up points every week, but they always wore the sickest uniforms. Probably like, oh. definitely best, best uniforms and college football for like the past decade at least that's what you get when you have uh uncle phil knight from nike uh, pumping in money to the program and putting out all the newest uniforms so we always get the coolest stuff first and it's uh it's cool when you have cool uniforms but you can't get blown out by utah twice in a row Um, the uniforms don't look as cool when you're down by 30 so hopefully uh we got we got the new we got the defensive coordinator landing from georgia so hopefully okay. he could, you know, get these boys into SEC shape and get a good yeah. solid defense, build a team around a defense and, you know, get our toughness up a little bit. 
And I think uh, he's probably the right guy for the job. So really excited about that hire. All right. Be, be on the lookout for the Ducks. We're coming. <laughs> All right. Um, if you can go pro in any sport, what would it be? Oh, baseball for sure. Okay. You kidding? Like, would, I think they get paid the most. Like, it's not as taxing on your body. Like, especially, like, let's say you're, like, a relief pitcher. Like, yeah. you know. You're just like kind of chilling in the bullpen, go out, throw like three batters and like, all right, I'm done. You know, yep. like that's, that sounds like the best job to me. And uh, I don't know. I just love baseball. Like it's definitely one where I love watching football and I played both sports, but mm-hmm. when you're playing the game of baseball, it's just such more of a mental, like you again, especially when you're pitching, like you against someone else. Like I love that. I live for that. That's, that's a fun time. So I definitely say baseball. Okay. Okay. Uh, what team would you play for? Oh, gotta say the Cubs, right? Okay. <laughs> I know you're probably a Sox fan. I see that that banner back there. I am. Um, I am. I am. And a, a I, I, and I'm not a Fairweather fan or like a new bandwagon. Obviously, the Cubs are in bad shape. The Sox are, you know, you guys at least made the playoffs. So, um, but the Iowa Cubs, the AAA affiliate. Yep. You know, I went to a ton of games there growing up. I played state championships on that field. Um, you know, not state championships, but the tournament. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I've always just been a Cubs fan because of that. Okay. There's nothing wrong. Look, look, they're in the same city. But, of course, for me personally, I was though, you know, one White Sox, two Cubs. But I still support them. But, I mean, if they're wow. playing against each other, yeah, I go with the White yeah, Sox. I go with the White so, Sox, yeah. 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 I, I understand. They could they could use uh, some some help. The Cubs right now. Yes, they can. I don't, I don't think it would be for me if I would if I could throw a hundred miles an hour. Then you know maybe they could use my my services. But right. I'm about twenty miles per hour short of that. So <laughs> right, I'm I'm I'm, I'm at the thirty miles per hour short in that. So. <laughs> um, what was your uh, favorite sports moment that you've either seen or witnessed? Oh man, um, Damian Lillard hitting a deep three over Paul George. Um, I, I'm a huge Trailblazers fan, okay. and uh, I was actually at a concert for uh, DMX, and the game was on, and they were not starting the concert um, until the game was over, and the game was going long, so they kept the other act out there, and there's nobody out there, but there's like a bar, like couple tvs and the entire dmx concert was in this tight area watching the tvs and dame hit that and did the you know whole thing like we yeah. lost it and then we went to a dmx concert after and so it was like the craziest oh. thing ever um but man i gotta tell you i was at the portland timbers mls cup last night and okay. we ended up losing that game in pks but we were down one zero and we scored in the 94th minute on the last try to tie it up. And I, I'm not lying to you. I've like blacked out from like euphoria, like beer showers, like everything. <laughs> like, and I'm just like sitting there, like could not believe what I just saw. Cause it's like the Super Bowl for soccer. If you don't know the MLS cup, yeah. um, it sucks that it didn't work out the way it did, but that was probably like, and that just happened yesterday. And I couldn't remember a time where like, I had to like sit down. Like I was like hyperventilating. Like I could not believe that that had happened. So that was also up there. Um, 
and that's why my voice is a little raspy. I was screaming like pretty much the entire game. So, oh, no, that's awesome. That's that's especially since more recent, especially being there in the moment to watch it. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, it was it was wild. I wish we could have won, but PKs are cruel sometimes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. All right. Uh, if you could be a hype man for any artist, who would it be? Oh, man. Hype man for any artist. <sighs> hmm. I probably would go with like, I don't know. I'd probably go with like Kanye West. Just, okay. just because like, if I was his hype man, then I would like get to be around him. And I just know he's probably doing so much crazy stuff. Like just his just life has to be just wild. And so yeah. I think that would just be an interesting person to uh, be able to do that for. I probably would not get in that inner circle though. So that's definitely a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I like the answer. I like the answer. Uh, definitely want to, um, so you, are you a big NBA fan at all? I mean, it's definitely oh. third on the list behind like baseball, okay. football, but I mean, I've gone to a bunch of Blazer games since that's kind of Portland only has, you know, Timbers yeah. and Blazers for pro team. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I've become more of a NBA fan and I'm really okay. excited about the Bulls. Um, they look really oh. good. Yes. So be excited about them because it was miserable for the past five years. Uh, watch it out probably it's been longer than that but yeah we, we i'll say that for later uh yeah. do you have a, if so if you get a chance to take over um any organization and this organization could be it could be chase bank because you want all their money it could be dallas cowboys you get a chance to take over any organization who would you choose uh you asked you asked this question to your last guest and you said the ncaa and i really like that answer um but i'll, I'll pick something different um, any organization and I could be in charge. Um, I probably would do like, I probably would go with like Adidas. Honestly, I'm an Adidas guy. Okay. I know Nike okay. is like the ducks, but, um, you know, obviously if I can't work my rung up and, and work at Gatorade, you know, um, Adidas has always been a brand that I've been a huge fan of. And so just kind of being in charge of like where everything goes for them, like would be pretty cool. Um, definitely have 90% Adidas stuff in my closet. So. Okay. That, so that, that, that one of the questions I was, I might, I was prepped to ask you, but now I'm going to ask is I'm curious, you know, what's your favorite pair of shoes? Oh, ultra boosts. Oh, Adidas ultra boosts. I got a bunch of things. Those things are so comfortable. I know. I can't. I can't wear anything else. Like it, I'm either wearing Ultra Boosts or I'm wearing like you know boots or like something that if it's a tennis shoe though, like it's almost always Ultra Boots. I think I have like six or seven pairs of them, and they're just so comfortable. I can't wear anything else because it's like I'm spoiled now. It's it's a yeah. curse. It, it is. They're so comfortable. Like one, definitely one of my favorite pair of shoes out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, big big shout out to the Adidas for those. All yeah. right. Um, one of the last questions I have to ask, and I have to ask because you're from, you, you know, you work with Gatorade. What's your favorite Gatorade product or Gatorade yeah. product and flavor? Okay. Um, I'm actually a big fan of Propel. And okay. maybe people don't know this, but Propel is a Gatorade product. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
it kind of was really popular like 10 years ago fell off a little bit but we've really done a good job of like bringing propel back to like the main stage and it's definitely for what we call like a forever athlete or like you know the older demographic that doesn't need as much sugar but still wants the electrolytes um i just love the taste of them we have a propel immune support that came out last year that i really like um it gives you like you know vitamin c and stuff to boost your immunity especially like during covid like it's a nice thing to have so uh, that Propel Immune Support is probably uh, one of the favorite things that I drink right now. And if you want my answer for Gatorade flavor, like the core Gatorade, you got to go with Glacier Freeze, the light blue. Um, that's just, it's iconic. It's a staple. It is. It is. So one of my, uh, me and my co-hosts was talking about before the show, we was talking about this like, this Gatorade, Gatorade commercials. His his favorite was the orange Gatorade because uh he because the commercials with the people sweating and you had the orange Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to sweat the orange Gatorade. So they uh, <laughs> probably should have put a disclaimer on that one saying does <laughs> not actually make you sweat orange. <laughs> Hopefully legal was got on top of that one. <laughs> oh man, so funny. But yeah, um that um Okay, I did not know that Gatorade owned Propel. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, we've, yep, like like I said, we've got a bunch of different things. And so Propel actually has the same level of electrolytes as Gatorade. Um, okay. It just has zero sugar. So okay. if you're getting carbs from something else in your diet, say you had lunch and you're going to work out at like 2, 3 o'clock, maybe you already got carbs in your diet. You don't need the sugar that's in the Gatorade. And propel is a good thing to have to kind of keep you hydrated, get those electrolytes in, but like not give you that sugar since maybe you already got it, you know, those carbs earlier in your day. So, hmm, okay. Now, learn something new today. Yes, sir. All right. Last but not least, you know, how can people follow, follow you and keep up with your career and keep up with everything that you got going on? Yeah. I mean, uh, from a career standpoint, uh, you know, LinkedIn definitely. Um, you know, I probably am not on there as much as I should be, uh, just kind of getting into this new role. But once I kind of get my feet under me, I'll be on LinkedIn a lot more. But you can also follow me on Instagram at Blake Hartsook, um, B-L-A-K-E-H-A-R-T-S-O-O-K. Um, you know, I put a lot of my uh, fancy football podcast episodes um, in the link in my bio there. Um and I, you know, whenever I put out a new episode, I put that on my story. Um, next year, I'll start doing a Twitter account for my podcast. I kind of just wanted to get it off the ground first and, uh, you know, have a process for it. And then next year, we're kind of hit the ground running a little harder. So um, that's where you can give me a follow. Awesome. All right, you heard it here first. But ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and give Blake a follow on his IG and his um, LinkedIn. Um, for those that are maybe new or are still um, a past listener of Capturing the Game podcast, go ahead and still continue to like, retweet um, us or um, add us or find us on Instagram at CTG underscore podcast on YouTube. It's capturing the game podcast. And also on Facebook it is capturing the game podcast. We're also can be found on TikTok at uh, CTG underscore podcast. Blake, man, it's been super fun getting a chance to talk with you and learn more about Gatorade and just overall your career, man. Best of luck with you moving to Chicago and taking on your new role. I'm sure that you're going to crush it, man. 
Thanks, Desmond. I appreciate it. And uh, it's always good to jump on another podcast. And you know, you get two podcasters together. I feel like it's just a common, you know, love for the art of podcasting. So really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. No problem.